Hello and welcome to the Hoop Troop Podcast. I am Matt O'Connor and joining me as he does on all of our shows is my cousin Luke Drobner. What's up guys? And we're about halfway through the second round of the NBA playoffs. Every series has been pretty drama filled already and it's been what a week or so like maybe a week and a half tops. Uh, Last time we recorded it was game one. Last time we recorded it was Sixers Heat game one, Maps Suns game one. Wow. All right. So a lot of a lot of crap has happened since then. So uh, before we dive into those series, Luke, let's talk about some announcements that came out today. Um, Nikola Jokic winning his second MVP award. Um, I and now see it would have been good to have Michael in this conversation, be, just because I feel like you and I ha- definitely have more of like the analyticsy view and like the numeric tape take on who should sure. win these awards. We need someone who's like the, you know, the eye test guy, but I, I thought Jokic deserved it. I mean, he leads every statistical category and like, I understand the case for Embiid. And I think if we wanted to use, you know, the second round as an example, they went down 2-0 without him and looked terrible. You're not supposed to use the playoffs for any, you know, validation of why someone should win an award. But in that same vein, if you took Jokic off, like they're garbage too without him. So like, yeah, they got swept even harder just because the Sixers didn't have Embiid isn't something that you can hold against Jokic if anything it's the opposite Embiid Embiid got hurt Jokic didn't you know like things like that so that's kind of how I look at it but I also I haven't seen like the official tally of the votes so I'm just kind of waiting to see where it's true. That's it, it might have been out. really close between Jokic and some of these other guys because I know after you sent that I saw that Richard Jefferson was like well, I had Giannis and Embiid ahead of Jokic. Right. And that's and, what were you say? You go. I mean, like you like you said, the the uh argument for Jokic is that he literally like if you look at any advanced stat, Jokic leads it. And that's like, oh, like when he's on the floor, when he's off the floor, the Nuggets are just so much better, blah, blah, blah. And the argument for Embiid and Giannis is that they're te- better teams. Both of them make huge impacts. We see it with uh, Embiid being off the floor for two games against the Heat, and then him coming back and then winning two games. Right. Giannis, you can make the argument that he's super impactful, but his team's like really good. If they had Milton and Holiday, I think they'd just be they would be just as successful if they had Giannis and Holiday like they do right now. So yeah, and that's kind of the thing. Like I, I don't know. I, I do agree. Like I, it's not like I would be mad at anyone for voting one way or another. Like I think all of them are in very similar situations where they are the MVP of their team. And there's a reason they're all kind of in this tight, tight race. Um, I just think at the end of the day, you have to look at it for a differentiator because all of them do have that same control over every game. And if you strip them from each of their teams, their teams get dramatically worse. And that's where I think these, these metrics come in. And that's all they, they're there for is really to say, all right, who is actually better here? And that's all like these efficiency ratings and like things like that are for. It's just like, all right, all these guys are great. How do we differentiate them? And this is one numeric way of doing it. And the fact that Jokic stands out on all of them leads me to think that he probably deserved the award. So I wanted to make the argument for Luca, but seeing what, the Lucas Mavs did against Utah. Kills but the I also I also think that that's just Utah being bad. I do. Maybe. Well, I did think... you see the Gobert and Shaq feud? Speaking of Utah, yeah, not yeah, to go yeah. on a total tangent. 
Uh, Rudy came out today like, and said I would shut him down. And it's like, no, you wouldn't. There's no Shaq way. Was like, I'd have, Shaq was like, I'd have 12 in the first three minutes. I, was like, I know. Oof. I mean, I, I also think Shaq can be a little bit of like a homer in that he's always like, oh, back in my day, I would do this and no one's better than me. And it's like, he's no. He's very confident for sure. Which, right. I mean, he deservedly so. He's arguably the best center of all time. So, like, yeah, I get it. And no, Gobert would not stop him. But at the same time, 12 points at three minutes. Let's chill, Shaq. I don't think you'd be wiping the floor with him that hard. But, like, it still would be – I think Shaq would – if, if they played a complete game, I think Shaq would put up at least 36 on him. Fair enough. Yeah. I think uh, when I watch Gobert, I cringe a little bit. He's very, like, gangly and awkward. He's definitely rigid. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I feel I understand that it, like his main job is to protect the paint oh, at all costs. Yeah. But there are definitely times when I'm like, was that the right play? Like, what was like? Sometimes I feel like he's not paying attention. Sometimes yeah. I feel like he just kind of removes himself from X, Y, Z. But I do. Huge, I'm not the biggest Go Bear fan, but I understand his value at times. Yeah, but I also think back to your Luca comment, like. They were just, I mean, what is he supposed to do when everyone on the Jazz are that poor on the perimeter? Like, anyone on that Mavericks team looks good on the perimeter because that defense is just tough. So, like, yeah. Gobert aside, I think, yeah, I, I don't think it's so much a comment as on Luka so much as it is the Jazz defense being inept. Because, I mean, look at Brun- Brunson struggling against the Suns right now, and Luka's going off. So, like... You know, I think that actually demonstrates that he's pretty transcendent and it doesn't matter, you know, what team is going against him or who's scheming against him. He's still going to go get his, you know. Mm-hmm. I think I... Luka, if Luca doesn't have like a slow, out of shape start to a season, I think next season he's very much in the conversation. Okay. Well, let's stay here for a moment because watching the Sun series. Okay. So let's, yeah, let's, let's get into the Sun series. They're going after Luca on offense. Yeah. Every chance they get on closeouts, on you know pick and rolls, any chance they get to make Luca move a little bit on defense, they're taking advantage of it, which is bad because, like you 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 think of like other great players, you know, even like you think of point guards, they create so much offense, but even the great point guards have been able to be positives on defense. Curry had to learn how to be a positive on defense. He was never a great defender, but it wasn't like you could ISO on Curry and it was like, oh my God, this is a terrible matchup with the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, you ISO on Curry and we have that Kyrie Irving shot, but like that's an insane shot. Like, yeah, step back, fading, super clutch Kyrie, you know, doing his thing. But it's never like Curry was a negative on defense when they were winning those championships. And even like Chris Paul is a great defender, you know, and you just need to see Luca, like, be in shape to play defense. It like comes down to his fitness. He just like does not have the physicality to play defense. He's not in shape. But don't you think? I don't mean like a strength wise. I I mean like a cardiovascular. Sure. He needs to. But some of that, don't you think, is just a genuine discrepancy in athleticism between him and other players in the NBA? Like even him in peak shape. I think would still be getting hunted when you're looking at that Mavericks team. Okay, but he would get hunted. Is Jay Crowder going to drop 19? No, 
Right. Like, and I think that's like it. they were kicking out to Jay Crowder, who Luca was guarding, and Jay Crowder was taking him off the dribble. And that's awful. Yeah. Like you should, Jay Crowder should be forced to chuck up threes. And there he's driving and shooting like floaters, and they're getting put backs because Jay Crowder's attacking Luca off the off the closeouts. And even then they get him in the pick and roll. Chris Paul's attacking Luca off the pick and rolls, and it, he's toast. He like as soon as Chris Paul gets to that mid-range area, a lot of people are toast, but like Luca's extra toast. He's like extra crispy, burnt. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> burnt. No, I think, yes, I, I agree. It's a it's a big issue. I do think it's good that he's kind of getting exposed for it because I don't think if this, ser- if this series doesn't happen, he might not go into the offseason thinking like, all right, I really need to get in shape. I need to get myself better defensively because – it's not like he really needs to pr- improve on the offensive end. Like, sure, maybe he could make he a couple. Doesn't. Right, he can make a couple better reads here or there. But for the most part, he's yeah about as tip shooting top here. Come along a little, little yeah. further. His three point shooting subpar, but a lot of that is him trying to take contested setbacks and things like that. So, right, and so I'm not worried about the offense, but I think that's probably what he would have focused on in the off season. Now, I think you could make the case. The only reason, and I don't even want to say that they're not officially going to do it. The only reason they're not going to beat the Suns team is him defensively. And the fact they don't have like a second star to go along with him. But I mean, their role players are all playing super well. I just think, yeah, at the defensive end, if there's like a clear weak link like that, it's going to be easy to go at him and get your points and beat a team. So that would be the only reason I could really say that the Suns rattle off two straight wins here and win four to two and six. Otherwise, I think it's going seven, and I think there's a really good chance the Mavericks win this series. Do you not? Do you think it's just Suns all the way? I think it's Suns all the way. I think Chris Paul fouling out of last night's game made a huge difference. Sure. Uh, He missed a lot of time. Let's look up the... That and, it's, and he was in foul trouble early, so it's not even like he just fouled I mean. out late. Like they he, only, were... he only played 23 minutes. Yeah, that's bad. He took four shots. Granted, he had five assists and five rebounds, but I think if he was able to play more of the game, if he was able to play, like Devin Booker played 43 minutes, Chris Paul played 34 minutes, I think the game comes out different, especially because I'm not so sure how confident I am with campaign running my entire offense. And he's also a liability. Like I'd much rather have Chris Paul on the floor guarding someone like Luka Doncic than I would campaign. Chris Paul is going to, I don't want to say like flop, but he's going to over-exaggerate. He's going to get the calls. He needs to get things like that. So I think it's a tough game. And I uh, I think uh, another point people made is that Scott Foster still hasn't called one of these games. So yeah. that could that could be – and we all know Chris Paul and Scott Foster. They have a history. Chris Paul right. Chris Paul teams are likely to lose Scott Foster officiated games. So by Most all means – Most likely they always do. They always yeah, do I mean, in the playoffs. It could 100% go to – seven but I, I just don't see the Mavericks winning this series and I think it would be a shame if they won this series I just don't because then it, it's going to be Warriors versus whoever comes out of the east most likely the Bucks, in my opinion I just I, I don't you think the Warriors that. are that much of a, a cakewalk over it, it's the Suns or the Warriors there's there's no other team that I think is a championship contender in the west I don't know if the role players on the Mavericks are going to play this well on both ends I mean they have like three or four guys shooting over 40% for three that aren't Luka like, I, Luca didn't even shoot well last night. One for ten, but Dorian Finney-Smith eight for twelve. And if you really look at a lot of his shots, wide open on some of them. But that's the thing. Uh, I mean, I think that's what the Suns are giving them is they're going to say we're going to try and beat the crap out of Luca and make him pass. 
And these guys aren't going to hit all their shots at a 40% rate every game. There's no way. Mm-hmm. But so far, they all are. And now I feel so vindicated right now, Luke, because the last Why? two games the Mavericks have won, you know who's been just paramount, the impact that he's brought to the, to the game? Frank Nielakina. <laughs> I've been waiting years for this, Luke. And I'm so glad. Oh, yeah. Every time he's on the floor, every every time he's on the floor, my roommate's like, oh, it's Frank. And I'm like, but he's been good. I mean, he's shutting down Devin Booker. I don't know if he's shutting him down, but when you look at the statistics and the matchups, and he's he's a primary defender, I think Booker has only made two shots. He's got the clams. Yeah, but what type of shots are those? Like, is he getting layups? Are they running plays for him? Are they ISO, right? Like, that, that's that's the the question. I think I uh, doesn't like matter to, to bigger... me. Primary defender Frank draped all over him, and he can't. Score. Frank's gonna get paid. Is he still with the Mavericks next year? He has another year. Yeah, I think they might have a team option. But you think Frank's gonna yeah. get paid? I don't know. I think he's still gonna be on like relatively uh, I think small he's, contracts. He's gonna be on relatively small contracts, but the fact that his career will continue to go on, I think is he, the point I'm trying to make. He definitely. I mean, because think about it. He's young. I think he's only 23. If, I, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Um, and at that rate, and now I'm going to go pull it up because I need to, need to make wanna, sure I'm right. But. I looked, I wanted to look up James Harden three-point shooting because we were talking about Luka and his shooting. James Harden shot 36% between 2016 to 2020 when he left Houston. Oh, okay. Right, because twenty the 2020-2021 NBA season was those eight games where he was like, I'm just not going to play and be fat so I can get traded. Yeah. And then he got traded. So... When he was, you know, in the MVP conversation for those years and he was squaring all those points, he was shooting 36% from three. And if mm-hmm. we look at Luca, he's shooting like a little over 30, a touch over 30. So, again, you just like to see the three-point shot selection maybe get better or he becomes more comfortable shooting those shots. And uh, this year, Luca shot 35% from three. So, obviously, the is a little bit more difficult, but... And I mean, I think that's the thing. If he's, and realistically, 35 is like a, a slight dip below league average, but mm-hmm. if he does that, even if he is just league average next year. Well, uh, you don't have to, when league average is, when we talk about league average, if you want to talk about guys who are shooting like, you know, corner threes off assists, when you think about a ball dominant point guard, shooting guard, small forward, whatever it is, a ball dominant player who is taking a lot of threes like Luca is, he's taking nine a game. You don't expect them to shoot league average because they're, they're most likely shooting difficult threes. Right. So, yeah, you know, so I'm, it I'm is sure a little Trey, different. You're right. I'm sure Trey Young's not shooting league oh, average. Oh, God, Trey Maybe Young's shooting like 33% or something like that? 38%, but he's elite, right? Is that Steph right? Curry, I thought he was obviously. much lower than that. No, 38%. I'm Steph Curry shooting 38% this year as well. Obviously, career 43% shooter, but Steph Curry is also the greatest shooter of all time. You know, you think about guys like James Harden. Like I said, he was shooting like 36% career, 36% three-point shooter. You know, uh, Kevin Durant, uh, 38% career three-point shooter. But he's never taken more than seven a game. So, like some of the years where he shot over 40% from three, he was only shooting four a game five a game which obviously you know can help depending on your shot selection so right exactly um yeah but i i mean anyway back to my mavericks frank nilakina monologue i do 
at the bare minimum think the Mavericks are showing that they're equipped to handle the Suns team. I think their defense is holding up. I never really believed that they were that legit of a defense until now. Um, the Mavericks. Yeah. I mean, independent uh, of them just playing Frank Milikina, I think they're, they, they have been dialed in on the defensive end all playoffs. Donovan Mitchell never had like one of those truly dominant games in that series. So I, I, I they're shutting down. Great... What was that? I think there's a couple guys in the Mavericks who are good defenders. I think Maxi Kleba positionally can be a good defender. Obviously, uh, Finney Smith. Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock are those prototypical 3 and D players. So when you think about their roster, it's built around playing perimeter defense. But I think their point of attack defense, when, it come, when it's either Brunson or Doncic guarding the ball, and they're at the rim defense with whatever center they're playing. You know, Dwight right. Powell is literally the only center they have. Maxi Klebo plays a lot of center. Yeah. And in this series, I think Luka Doncic is being matched up on centers because they don't want him to be guarding anybody too fast. Right. Um, so <laughs> I just think they need to, I think they need to find a solution as a rim protector. I think the biggest problem the Mavericks have is that they don't have someone to control the space above the rim. Right. And so I, that's why I think they're I, rumored not to get everything back to Rudy Gobert, but that's why they're Rudy rumored Gobert. to be interested in Gobert is because they don't really if have I, a rim protector right now. If I was the Mavs, I'd be looking for more of like a sign and trade for Jalen Brunson. Like if I could get like a Miles yes. Turner, I think Miles Turner would be so perfect on this Mavs team. I agree. Block shots, shoots threes, can dribble a little bit, right? That, that's the type of guy you're looking for. And he's not a great rebounder, which still gives like Dwight Powell's not a great rebounder. So you, you still have the other guys like Dorian Finney Smith's going to fight for rebounds. Doncic is going to fight for rebounds. Right. So, um, right. Looking at this Brunson situation, I also want to touch on Brunson a little bit. Yeah. He's been, he's been really great, especially in the Utah series. He's been okay during the sun series. Part of that, I think is just because Luca's back. And, um, you know, when you have the ball in your hands, you can kind of generate your own rhythm a lot easier than you can when you're off the ball a little bit more. So, um, I mean, yeah, obviously going to get I'm... paid. I've been salivating over the Mavericks defense. The Suns defense is exceptional as well, especially on the perimeter. So I think it's just harder for him to get going. But anyway, keep going. He's going to get paid this summer. But if I'm the Mavericks franchise, whoever's making those decisions, Mark Cuban, the GM, president of basketball operations, I can't let Jalen Brunson walk. And if I do let him walk, I can't let him walk for nothing. Yeah, I mean, I think that's more than more than fair, especially when you consider... They, they were at this crossroads at the deadline and they elected mm-hmm. to do nothing, which is fine. But then you can't exactly like you said, you cannot let him walk for nothing. Um, and I think a lot of teams find themselves in these situations somewhat frequently is that like you're reluctant to either you're reluctant to make that decision at that point. So you kind of punt it down the down the road a little bit and then it becomes a lot harder because how do you know that you're going to be able to find that sign of trade? There's no guarantee that it's out there. And so, I mean, there's, he's got to have a lot of interest, but just, the issue is now the contract. Cause he's going to ask for more money. Now after this playoff performance, he is for sure going to ask for more money than I think people are going to be a certain amount of money. And, it, and, and someone and will give it to him. Someone absolutely. hundred percent. He's going to get paid somewhere. He's going to get paid somewhere around the 25 million mark. And when you I look at other guys, overpay. Like, I think it's an overpay. It's 100% an overpay, but that like he's 25. He's playing great basketball. He's going to get a four-year, $100 million contract from somebody. Which is just crazy. And it's just crazy to me. Like, I think of, I think of like point guards that could become available this summer. 
you're going to pay him that? Or like, would you rather go for like a Malcolm Brogdon? Because I put them in a similar category. I think Brogdon is way more attractive. And that's a similar contract. What's he getting paid? 21? But that's what I mean. You're They're similar. And Jalen Brunson right now has got a high value. Is, is Brunson definitively better than a guy like that? I don't think he is. That's why I think paying at that $25 million threshold, that extra $4 million, what you could do with that on a roster is truly just it, – it, it can't be undervalued. And you, so to pay a guy that hasn't really proven outside of one real playoff series that, like, he can kind of run an offense and carry you to, like, continuous wins, I'm afraid of it. Uh, that's a lot of money to give. Like, was think Terry, about how much Terry the Knicks Ver- are paying Julius Randle. Like, it's a okay, similar Terry ballpark Rozier. there. Oh, 100%. It could be a really dangerous contract. Terry Rozier – Signed a eighty, signed a fifty-six million, three-year, fifty-six million dollars, three years, fifty-seven million dollars at twenty-five, and because he played well in the playoffs, when I don't know who it was that was injured, Isaiah Thomas or Kyrie or somebody like that was injured, and Terry Rozier stepped in. You know, we had all these scary Terry games. They're like, "Hey, Eric Bledsoe, are you scared of Terry Rozier?" And he was like, "Who?" And then Terry yeah. Rozier came out and smacked him. He got paid. Brunson is going to get paid, and Rozier signed that contract two years ago. Two years, three years ago, he signed that contract. Three years ago, yes. the salary caps are up. The value on these point guards again has risen. You're going to see him sign a big contract. There's no way he's not going to get a big contract. And if I'm the Mavs, I can't let him walk for nothing, or I have to retain him, especially because I want to keep Luca happy. And Jalen Brunson seems to be someone who works in our system. With that be and right, and it's expensive. There's guys on their roster that they need to figure out how to move if Jalen Brunson's coming back. Tim Hardaway Jr. has got a big contract. I feel like you should be looking to move that. Not played, hasn't played at all in the, these playoffs, and you guys are doing right. fine. Why not move him? Spencer Dinwiddie is making $18 million next year. Davis Bertans is a big contract. I personally think you should be keeping Davis Bertans. I'm not like. Yeah, dead set. Ups- I'm, not, I'm not upset with the $16 million. I'm just not happy with it. I mean, he said a few like pretty big shots for them in these playoffs, he's come in and drilled a couple threes here or there, which he like, should, right. for he's a big man. He's a shooter. Right. He's like six, eight, six, nine shoots threes. Fine. Right. And if I really look at the rest of my roster, let's say Maxi Kleba is the starter. I feel very comfortable bringing Bertans off the bench behind him. Right. The problem is, it's like, okay, Kleba's making less money than the guy replacing him off the bench, which is uncomfortable. I just think the hard part um, is these guys that you're saying you need to get rid of, you know, the Dinwiddie's, the Tim Hardaway juniors, the guys with those bigger, the bigger money owed that aren't necessarily as impactful to your team. Other teams are going to read into that as well. And they're going to say, yeah, he's not 100%. that impactful to my team winning. What, what's in it for me? What are you giving me? You know, what am I getting they're off gonna my have to give up picks. Books? You know, they're hundred percent going to have to give up picks. Right. And I think that, that's, that's just the, un- the next thing. Yeah. It's the unfortunateness of the, uh, of yeah, the listen, Mavericks listen. payroll right now. It's tough. And I do. I know we talked about it a couple episodes earlier. I think they have a decision to make about how you're going to keep Luca happy. Cause it's so, you don't want him to get into that like skittish star that might want out. You don't want him yeah. getting there. Because I think we've seen enough from him that he can be a little, I don't want to say impulsive, but he definitely is emotional. And I could see if he gets a thought in his head, it could fester. And he could be like, I want out of here. I'm done. So I do think they have to do something this offseason. 
if it means keeping Brunson and moving some of those other guys, then fine. But there's got to be subsequent moves. Like there's got to be a little extra because clearly, and we're seeing it now, the roster they have as constructed is not good enough for them to get over the hump in the West. And I'll take that a step further. The West is getting better next year. You're going to have a better Mm -hmm. Clippers team. You're probably going to have a better Lakers team. Barring them trading LeBron and Anthony Davis, they're probably going to be better next year than they were this year. You're going to have a healthy Nuggets team. You're probably going to have a worse Jazz team, I guess, if you want one silver lining in there. But, but I mean, the or, Pelicans are going to get better. Pelicans Maybe are going to get, get better. Zion. The Timberwolves are going to get Zion. better. The, the, I mean, I'd imagine the Grizzlies, Grizzlies are, are going to stay be good. Like, it's not like any of these teams are really going away. The Spurs are not bad. Like, all these teams, other than, like, the Kings, uh, there's no one that I really think is, like, a true push. And, and Portland is, like, a true pushover. And OKC, three bad teams in the West. That's mm-hmm. it. Rockets, Thunder, Blazers. Rockets. Are you big on the Kings? I said the Kings. So all right, I left okay. off. I left five, five ish teams, and like uh, the Spurs aren't bad. The Clippers not so great this year. Paul George missed a huge amount of time. No Kawhi. Pelicans are getting Zion back. Plus, they looked amazing after the trade deadline with yeah. CJ McCollum. Exactly. Timberwolves are going to continue to develop. Nuggets get healthy. Maybe the Jazz fall a little bit. Yeah. Warriors are aging. You don't know how good they'll be next season, but you'd expect them to be good. The Grizzlies obviously are going to be good, and the Phoenix Suns are going to be good as well. Right. So it's tough. I 100% agree with you. It's going to be competitive in the West, and you got to do something to bolster your roster. Yeah. So. All right. Well, speaking of a competitive <coughs> Western Conference, let's jump, the the other, let's jump to the other series. So it's currently two to one Warriors with the fourth game tonight at 10. Um, with no John ja Morant, which is just lovely. Yeah. Um, People want Jordan Poole to get suspended one game. They're like, well, well isn't what that you, how it's supposed to work? What do you think of that play? Where he, he grabbed the knee. I mean, Jordan Poole wants to be like, oh, it's a basketball player. It wasn't really a basketball. It, Jordan Poole wants to argue it was a basketball play. I'm not so sure it was a basketball play. I'm seeing Obviously. mixed reviews. Generally, I um, think there are people who are saying it's nothing, and I'm seeing people who are saying like, "Oh, it's not nothing. It's you know, it's it's, it's a little weird that he did something like that." So it's significant. You can see him like almost grab the knee. It'd be different if he like slapped at the ball and happened to get his knee. But the fact that when he pulled his arm away, he grabbed. John's yeah, knee. that's. I don't know. I I tend to agree with you, and I hate for us just to have the same take on this. But like, I don't know. And I also think comparatively, yes, what Dylan Brooks did, worthy of a suspension. I think you give the same suspension here and you move on. It's kind of how I look at it. And you just say, all right, look, everyone cut the crap. No more injuries. And also, like, you kind of have to protect your star players a little bit, not to give people preferential treatment. But, like, John Moran is missing a game of basketball. The series is over now if the Warriors win this game. You suspended, you suspended Dylan Brooks one game for injuring Gary Payton. It, and don't get me wrong. Gary Payton, the the foul Dylan Brooks committed on Gary Payton was definitely rougher. Yeah, than what, I mean he broke his arm and had ligament damage, so like, right, bad. It's obviously a bad foul, and Ja here is missing a game now. I think I don't think they said it was anything serious to them, but either way, I think yeah, it, I think you know the injury is still very significant, and just to keep things fair and even and kind of call it the same way you you kind of almost have to suspend jordan pool again but they're not going to i don't i mean if they haven't done it yet i don't think it's coming so right i mean and fine but then if that's the case then someone's gonna i think the warriors are gonna take another blow tonight then because there's no way the grizzlies are just gonna like sit by they're gonna be incredibly physical tonight without jaw 
Because realistically, they're going to lose anyway. They have nothing to lose. We're going to go throw oh, some gonna, elbows and and Dylan Brooks is going to. He's going to be crazy. Doesn't have to be Brooks. You're going to tell me Jaron Jackson's not going to be hacking when he commits his five personal fouls. Like <laughs> he's going to make them count. You're going to have all these guys going in, and like it's going to be a contentious game tonight. Is my guess the biggest the biggest line is over under Jaron Jackson six and a half fouls. Yeah, exactly. Just I'm <laughs> I'm expecting it. Like it's it's coming. So. I do. I think the Warriors win this series, especially now since Ja is missing a game. And mm-hmm. it's like kind of a bummer. I think they would have won anyway. Did you expect the Warriors to lose this series at any point? I, I always thought the Warriors were in control no matter what. I did. And I mean, I guess I just, I didn't think it was going to be like a five game series. I didn't. I thought the Grizzlies showed enough to be able to like, they had enough firepower all year. And they their defense had been good when healthy. I just thought there would be a closer series. And I don't, th- I think we're kind of getting robbed of that now. Cause I think realistically after losing that game, if you have John Morant tonight, I think there's a good chance they answer back, you know? And I know it's in okay. golden state and it's hard to win in, Oh my God, I'm forgetting the name of the new arena. I was going to call it Oracle. Um, Oracle, uh, but, Chase Center, I don't know. What it yeah. Means. But like, yes, it's hard to win there, but I still think you can. It's not like clay has been great. It's been Steph and Draymond, and like they've shown they can beat them. They beat them once this, you know, this series already. So I think losing Ja is just really it's unfortunate to say the least. Whether that play was dirty or not, I think we both think it probably was a little at the bare minimum. And I guess you just got to move on. You got to say, all right, next man up, and we got to try and win. I think the first round series the Grizzlies had against the Timberwolves didn't expose either of those teams as much as they should have been exposed. I'm almost happy that the Grizzlies are playing the Warriors now because they kind of see the difference between playing regular season basketball and playing postseason basketball. Yep. Warriors have been here a million times. They know exactly what they're doing. They're gonna. I, I never expected the Grizzlies to win this series. I didn't think it was going to be close. Right. And it's just because the Golden State Warriors know how to play playoff basketball. They know how the rest are going to call the games. They right. know the right. So. It's just what it is. Yeah. Uh, that guy, Grizzlies will be back next year. They'll right. learn a little bit more. They'll have more under their belt. In all honesty, if I'm the Grizzlies, like if John Morant's not feeling good for Game Five, then like whatever. Like I, I won't, I won't force him to play. It, you know, I even maybe he's like, I want to play. I want to be out there. And I'm like, he's gonna say. And the doctors are like, eh, you know, I'd be like, hey, look, the doctor said you shouldn't be out there, so we're not gonna put you out there. Right. Exactly. Like I think coming, from an organization, they're not coming back. You're right. They're not coming but back and winning this in seven or anything like that. The fan in me wants them to play him. The fan Obviously. in me wants him out there tonight. So that's why it's just like the whole situation is just a bummer because it does. It feels like, all right, the Warriors are moving on to play whoever. Like, it's just kind of annoying. Yeah. Like, now we're just going through the motions until they're in the next round, which is whatever. Whereas, fortunately, and now I don't mean to just totally glance over this, this series, because it, it is what it is. But if you look at, and we already talked about one of them, the Eastern Conference, like, I cannot tell you who's coming out of either series anymore. Very close to the Bucks and Celtics. You'd expect it to be a completely different series if Middleton was in, though. Yeah, probably. Like, uh, definitely. What was, the last, what was the last game? Oh, that was uh, the one where the, the Celtics missed two tip in by, you know, it was, yes, or okay. it was two days ago. But going down the line, how many, like, what were the last – couple of shots that were taken by the I think Drew Holiday was ISOing for the last right. couple of shots. Bad, bad, bad. 
Like, just give right. them all the honors. Do what I, are you doing? Imagine, imagine how – and uh, Drew Holiday ended up getting the bucket to put him up by two, I think. Yes. There, they went up three, but, and then Marcus Smart – you had like the uh, Marcus, Marcus Smart, Smart hit the foul. free throw, and then he missed the. And it was off of like the. Was it a shot? Was it not a shot foul on the three point line? Yeah, I think it wasn't, but I get why Celtics fans are upset. Um, imagine how easy it would have been if they were just like, "Here, Chris, take the ball and get a bucket," rather than right. saying, "Here, Drew, take the ball and get a bucket." Chris Middleton would have smoked him. Would have yeah. been easy. Right, but they don't have Chris Middleton, and they likely won't at any point in the series. So, I, you know, I, I think the Celtics could win it. I think it. I still do think it's probably the Bucks, but I don't know. It wouldn't shock me if the Celtics go in there and even this thing out tonight, at all. No, it wouldn't shock me at all. The Celtics are a very good team, and according to ESPN, they have a sixty percent chance to win tonight. According to Vegas, uh, oh. I think Vegas has Milwaukee winning. Very wow. slight Milwaukee win. Right. So it is close. Um, are they they're playing in Milwaukee, aren't they? They are. Yes, they're in Pfizer form. Obviously, the crowd makes a difference at times, you know, mm-hmm. late in the game, builds some momentum a little bit. I think it's been a lot on Giannis. There were times during game three when I when you'd watch Giannis and he'd be like dripping sweat. You could yeah. see him breathing hard. And yeah, it is tough. He's, I don't remember how many points he had in the last game. He had like 40, uh, 42 points. Obviously, scoring 40 points in a playoff basketball game where like the only person the other team's trying to stop is you. Obviously, incredibly difficult. Right. And he was special. And I remember Stephen A. Smith being like, Giannis has to be special if the Bucks want to win. And then, of course, Giannis was special. So I, I think Giannis can put it on his back and carry them into the next round. And then they'll get Middleton back and it'll all be okay. But uh, it also might be like, uh, then we have to play a hard Eastern Conference against the Sixers or the Heat, and then we have to go into the finals. And let's say we're playing the Warriors or the Suns. Yeah, it could be a lot. So, I think whoever comes out of the East will eventually end up losing to whoever comes out of the West. But interesting. Uh, I yeah, I don't know about that. I almost think the other way around. I look at it and I say, you are getting you're more battle tested coming out of the East. And okay. you're playing at such a high level every game with such high competition that you're going to punch these teams in the West in right in the nose. And you're just going to, I don't think you're going to necessarily okay. win it. Like you're just going to run train, the, but. Maybe the Warriors aren't battle tested before one against Denver. They're probably going to win in five against Memphis or six. Who knows? Uh, Phoenix though, six game against the Pelicans. They're tied yeah. two, two with the Mavs. That's battle tested. Pelicans are not an easy team, and obviously the Mavs have a top five player, so right. they're facing tough teams here. Uh, you know, I just think that top talent in the East is different. I think what you're going in. I don't think so. I the think... West is far better than the East. No, the East, the top yes. four in the East. Oh my God! Come on. No, no, no. Phoenix is head and shoulders the best team. I mean, I agree with you. I think they're probably the favorite to win right now. But mm-hmm. I, if I were to put money on any team right now, it would be the Bucks. Because so I'm assuming Chris Middleton comes back to the conference final. I don't have a tremendous amount of faith in either the Heat or the 76ers. But I, like, I wouldn't be shocked 
Like these teams have all gone on serious, serious stretches where they show that they're pretty unbeatable. So, you know, I, I don't know. And I think like, I don't want to, I don't want to glance over the, the Bucks Celtics series ju- and just start talking about what the Sixers did, but going down 2-0 against that Heat team that plays excellent defense is switchable and has been, there's a reason yeah. they're number one in the East after the regular season, like for them to come back and tie it with Embiid coming back is major. It's huge. And so I'm, now you just got to win two out of three. You know, I'm like I'm sure. doing it. Yeah, no, I, the, the, the Sixers can 100% do it. I think Tyrese Max, he's been great. And if Harden has a good night, they're almost impossible to beat. Regardless right. of Embiid, because Embiid's going to draw a double no matter what. If Embiid's shooting one for 10, you're, he's still going to get a double. Yes. And that's going to make things happen for people. So. And I think the, the the other thing with the Heat, and now we might as well just talk about that series, is okay. they, I feel like as good as Bam is, and people are upset he was left off the finalist for the Defensive Player of the Year, I think we're okay. seeing why he was. It's because I thought he would have been more impactful guarding Embiid than he has been in this series. Mm-mm. No one guards Embiid. I understand no one does, but I still think he is a strong enough defender where he could have at least compromised him a bit. And Embiid is getting whatever he wants every time down the floor. That doesn't happen against every team. And so I do think the Heat are having not a confidence crisis, but I I think they're having trouble identifying how to plug those holes defensively. Um, Because right now, I mean, they're bailing out water and they're not doing it fast enough because the Sixers are clearly just, they're raining on it. I like some of the players on the Heat. Um, defensively, obviously Jimmy Butler is a good defender. I like so um, many of them. I think Lowry's PJ Tucker. Lowry's good defensively. PJ Tucker. Yeah, I mean you don't love. Lowry's I mean, a little small, a little old. Yeah, but, but I mean he draws he charges. Right, exactly. He's a good team defender, and that's that's how I view a lot of these guys individually. I think there's only maybe one or two guys on the Heat who are good individual defenders. But Butler, team defensive. Yeah. Right and uh, PJ, I guess. No, I, I'd say I'd say Butler and Tucker. Bam Adebayo is a complete team defense scheme. He's not that tall. He's like six nine, six ten. But I think, I think he's, he's like an Anthony Davis. He that he can guard multiple uh, positions. He's agile but big and physical. That's how I look at him. AD's he's never really better, grabbed but... steals or blocked shots. I I like. Obviously, AD's better than him. ESPN has him listed at 6'9", 255. He's super athletic. There's times when he goes up for dunks and he'll, like, carry people into the rim with him. And that's insane. But when you think about, like, some of these bigger centers who are very dominant, like Embiid, like Jokic, I just, like, he's not going to stand a chance. There's no right. – you need to put a big body on those guys. That's why, I like – that's why the Bucks have Brooke Lopez. That's why, you know – that's why uh, the Raptors, when they beat the Sixers, they had Marcus Saul, right? Right. I do and think then the Lakers, the... Lakers signed Marcus Saul because they were like, mm-hmm. we need a big body. They had McGee, right? Like, they, you need a big body for some of these guys. It just, it's not. I do think this is the worst possible matchup for the Heat out of any of the teams they could have faced right now, like the other mm-hmm. two. I think this is the worst possible one. I think they're more equipped to beat the Bucks and the Celtics than they were to beat the Sixers. Okay. And I think, realistically, the Bucks and the Celtics are both better than the Sixers. I think it's just a matchup thing. But I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't think there's a clear path for any four of these teams to make the final. I, 
I, you, I mean, you guys have been much, you and Mike have been much, much bigger on the Heat than I've been. And that's because when you think about teams who win championships, they have a top five player on their team. The Heat don't have that. They are a full, complete team. But when you look at their roster, you can say that Jimmy Butler is going to hit the shot at the end of the game, and he does at times. But he's not LeBron. He's not Kawhi. He's not. They don't have that Luka. guy. They do not have that guy. They have a bunch of really good players. They're really solid. Eric Spolcher is a great coach. But it's like, a team that would win a college basketball championship because they're well coached, they're disciplined, they're balanced. But it's just a little different 100%. in the NBA where you, you don't different. win that way. Yes, you, you need, need a great supporting you cast, a... but you do need that top level talent as well. And they don't quite yeah. have it. No, it would, that said, Jimmy I think Butler... they could beat the Sixers here. I think yeah, they can yeah, even make yeah. the finals. Especially if Middleton doesn't come back for the Bucs. Like, no, I can see them making the finals. Either team that – whoever wins the Bucs Celtics is going to the finals. That's, I mean, that's my thought, too, realistically. Although, I don't know. If it's if somehow the Eastern Conference final is Celtics Sixers, I think it'll be the Sixers. Because, once again, I could, I, I, what I are they doing for well. Embiid? Who are they throwing at Embiid on that team? Time Lord, they don't have, they don't have I a, like Time Lord. Good luck. Horford, no. good lord, good luck. No, Robert Williams is a lot like Bam. He's too small to guard Embiid. Al Horford might be able to slow Embiid down a little bit. You go one-on-one Horford and Embiid. But even Horford's still small and Embiid's going to get 25, 30. I think right. when it really comes down to beating the Sixers, you have to say, like, someone's going to beat us. And we just have to choose who that is. It. Right. Right. And I would personally be like, I want James Harden to try and beat us because yeah. Yeah, there are definitely at times James Harden has not been so great in these playoffs. He's not been so great in the regular season before these playoffs. I'd well, be yeah, looking I mean, to force James Harden to win a series. He is but that's showing, so hard to do. He's showing he doesn't have that same quick first step, that quick agility. That And these are things that we've been hearing everywhere. It's all over oh. all of these talk shows. It's so apparent. Everyone can see it. He is not the same guy, whether he's out of shape, whether that hamstring is still bothering him, like whatever it might be, he's not that same explosive guy who can get whatever he wants. And so I think you're entirely right. I think you say, all right, let's just send the farm at Embiid and just say, we are not letting you dominate. Well, then but you, you, you say we have to stop Harden or you have to stop Embiid, but then you forget Tobias Harris, the max contract player. And, you know, there are times when he can put in 30. But there's a difference Tyrese between being Maxi a max contract player and being like a, super, a a true superstar type threat. Tobias Harris is an all-star level player. It doesn't right. mean he's going to go for 30 every game. But if I'm really focusing on Embiid and I'm really focusing on Harden, someone's open. And if that's Tobias Harris, he's going to score 30. Tyrese he hasn't Maxi been aggressive enough is the thing. He, but he doesn't have to be if Embiid and Harden and Maxi, right? He's the fourth right. option on that team. He understands his role. He's been around the league. He's a veteran. He understands, like, if it's not his time to have the ball, it's not his time to have the ball. And it's not like he doesn't have scalable – he doesn't have a scalable play style. He can shoot threes. You know, he can he can play make a little bit, and he's not a terrible defender. I mean, he's got the frame. I mean, it's – He's, what, 6'8", six, 6'9"? Six, right, and he's, he's athletic. athletic. Exactly. So, so, yeah. I mean, I do – I like the Sixers. I mean, I t- remember after I saw them play the Knicks, once they got hardened, I said my overreaction is this team can win the finals. Like, that 100%. is – and I still kind of think it. Obviously, there are some question marks with how hard is Embiid, how good can Harden be, and, you know, just generally are these 
is Danny Green going to hit a couple threes here or there? Like there are some variables, but I think if they're on and, you know, they're running on, you know, all cylinders, I don't know that they're that beatable. So that's why I don't think it's as clear cut I mean, as you're Green... saying that it's just going to be, it's the Celtics of the Bucks, and then whoever plays the Suns, it's over. I don't think I it's think like the Bucks that. Have, the Bucks have so many guys, especially when they can run big. I think at times against the Celtics, they've shown that bigger lineup where they play Giannis at three. Right. Right. And Drew Holiday is obviously a great defender. So whether he's guarding Maxi or Harden, that'll be tough. Obviously, yeah. Giannis can step out on the perimeter and guard somebody. And then they have other guys. Like, it's not like Grayson Allen's a bad defender. It's not like Pat yeah. Connington's a bad defender. And so they, I think they just – like, the Bucks have – in the same way the Suns are so deep and they match up well against every team because no matter who you are, they have somebody off their bench in the starting lineup who can guard your best players. Right. The Bucks, the Bucks are the same way. And I just – I like, I can't help but feel that the Bucks are hungry still and like they they want the championship they and if chris middleton's back for the eastern conference playoffs it just makes it even more difficult to be better than them so like who's gonna guard chris middleton i don't feel anybody on the sixers could guard chris middleton i well yeah i mean i guess that's the question is who do you put on do you put tobias Tobias harris Harris, probably or do you put him on on on, right exactly that's the problem um and then I, even Embiid, like Giannis driving into the paint, Embiid's got a face fracture and his thumbs fucked up. Like, right. Giannis is just going to go to work. I think what you're saying is the one big question mark with the Bucks is Chris Middleton going to be back? It's not like that's a joke injury. Like I, if he doesn't come back, I don't think the Bucks are clearly the favorite in the East at all. Giannis hyperextended his knee last year. It's Giannis. And then, like, came his, back. And... His nickname is the Greek Freak. The freak is in the name, Luke. He's not. It's yes, not like a yes, normal yes. person recovering from injury. I. You can't look at it like that. Let's look up news on Chris Middleton. Uh, I haven't seen uh, any update. So, Middleton knee with a grade two MCL sprain. Expected to miss the entirety of the Bucks Eastern Conference semifinal series with the Celtics. Right, and I haven't seen anything since. So, no, but I'm sure he's rehabbing. I'm sure he's at the Bucks yeah. facility doing something. So. It's probably good that they're back in Milwaukee. I'm sure we'll hear something soon. But if, if the Bucks back, can go over. up three-one, if the, the what they need to do is they need to end this series this in five. Of, oh, it's, it's two-one Bucks, and then Game Four is tonight. Game Four is tonight. Game no, Four no, no, is tonight. tonight. Um, okay, okay. At four thirty. Four thirty, my time. Yeah, for for me, tonight. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's like. I'm still working with After the background. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I, went to, I fell asleep last night at 9:15. The sun was still up. That's it's a nice feeling. Yeah, I woke up this morning at like 5:45. Sun was up. Yeah, I yeah I woke up at like 6:30 and the sun was very much up. So <laughs> I mean, we're getting there. It's it's almost June, June 21st, longest day of the year. We're approaching. We're yeah. absolutely approaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're right there. Yeah, I know. Which unfortunately also signals the end of the NBA season. So I know, but then it's draft season, baby. We're almost there. Do you want to touch on the draft? Let's go to Tank Bomb. Oh, you Let's want to touch? It on? Well, I guess the lot the lottery Let's... is in a week. It's next Tuesday. Oh, it is. It yeah. is. Look at that. So All right, I'm assuming. What do we All got? Right. What do we got? What's your first look? overall? The Houston Rockets select Chet Holmgren, center from Gonzaga. All right. Number, so no number two overall. Number two, we got Jabari Smith for the Magic. 
Okay. Three is Apollo to the Kings, who are up four spots. Wow, the Kings jumped from seven. We got four out of Purdue, Jaden Ivey to the Thunder. Okay, okay. Wow, they jumped Detroit. All right, Detroit got hosed but, in this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Detroit <laughs> Detroit fifth, they slept Shaden Sharp. Oof. Pacers slept Keegan Murray at six. A.J. Griffin, seven to the Blazers. Pelicans okay. with the Lakers picks, like uh, Mathurin out of Arizona. We had the Pelicans. I know. That's actually might be a decent pick. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, Dyson Daniels, who's the G League shooting guard point guard. Spurs at nine. Jeremy Shohan, the uh, Baylor forward to the Wizards at 10. Oh, we got Jalen Duran to the Knicks at 11. I actually don't hate that. I, uh, you know, especially if they let Mitch walk, or even if they don't, you trade Nerlens Noel and you have Mitch start and Duran come off the bench. I actually think it's a good fit. I think the Knicks should trade their pick this year. Randall and their pick this year for somebody better. So Yeah, I mean, in an ideal world, I want someone better. But no, I, I don't think it's going to be there is the problem. It's not a good enough pick. Randall's ass. The whole thing's a disaster. But that's why I've been immersing myself in everything that's going on in the playoffs because I know once June rolls around and all this is over, all I can think, all I have to think about is the New York Knicks. And it's just depressing. <laughs> it's just awful. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, the Knicks have are, is a point guard. I think we saw some Tyus Jones rumors, which I think would be a good, depending on how much you pay him. Right, be a good signing. But at that point, just play quickly. Like, is Tyus Jones really that much better? You don't even know because no. Tibbs won't. But Tyus Jones gives you options. Tibbs I, I, isn't I think... giving us the opportunity to learn who's good on this team and young. That's the think, problem. You can't I even make Reddish these decisions. Needs to get more playing time. Right, but that's the thing. Here. Theoretically, yeah, all these guys could be better in bigger roles, but we don't know because the season's been over. Okay. The season Alex was over Burks. since November, and we didn't experiment Alex, with shit. Like, Alex that's Burks. the problem. We can't even make an informed decision this offseason, Luke. It's a disaster. It's a nightmare. See, it was, so, it was so much better when I was thinking about the playoffs, Luke. Now I'm all depressed. Oh, my Alec God. Br- <laughs> Alec Briggs needs to go quickly, obviously, is a good option. I think Kemba Walker needs to get traded. I think yeah, some and he will. Other guys, yeah. I think Evan Fournier is a good option. I actually like I guard. like having Fournier. Fournier did exactly what we paid him to do. Exactly. But that said, if Obi, the team wants him and it helps get a deal done, bye Evan. Obi Obi needs to move up into this into more playing time. I think center is probably a big need as well. I guess Nerlens was out at the end of the year, so they have him down in the Dutch. He was chart, out pretty much the whole year. He was he was just in and out, being hurt, and was bad. Cam Reddish. Did play. Cam he's got to play. He's got to play more. So far down on this depth chart, right? I think if you, just, if you get rid of Alec Burks and bring in like a Tyus Jones, and obviously Derek Rose comes back, I think that helps a lot. And you play Cam Reddish for bigger lineups. I, I think Cam Reddish is more of a wing than a forward. So, well, because I think you run into a lot of issues. I think Quentin Grimes is very much part of the rotation now. He was mm-hmm. this season, and I think he should be. And I think you have to play Cam Reddish. Like you just you can't not. You traded a first round pick for him. So okay. how what do you, what who do you are get you getting for, rid of to make that space? And the only what do you get, but what do you get for Julius Randle, Quentin Grimes, and your first round pick this year? Who do you think you could you you could trade for? I mean, that's a that's pretty, the question. That's a damn good package, if you ask me. 
and then like obviously you salary match and whatnot on the side and you know like, could you imagine they move up in the lottery imagine they move up in the lottery then you don't trade it i don't think then i think you you no, trade right you still you trade ch- randall but then you just you shift your timeline you have this you have, top like, three pick and rj mm-hmm. and other young guys uh, if, you have a, you just, if you have a top three pick it's different but let's say you move up to like eight realistically you can't you can't you can only move up to the top five so it's what if, if you're yeah you can only jump to be in the top five so if you go on tankathon they have the pick odds um so you can see what you're eligible to jump up to they can only move up to one through four as 11 ah, yeah i see i see i see so okay right so there's like a 10%, 10-ish percent chance of them jumping. So so 2.8% chance that the Knicks get Jaden Ivey set. Right, at, at four. And so there's like a 2% chance, essentially, for one, a two for two, two for three, and then almost 3% of four. So like combine that, yeah, there's a chance they move up. Odds are you're toast. You're going to end up picking at 11. So sure. You know, fine, but if they do move up, it's going to be a good player. pick's not a bad pick. I don't want whoever I draft at 11. I won't lie. There's not a lot of uh, – I, I think this draft is really weak. Yeah. I don't know. You want, you, want more, you want more picks for next year, right? If you look at 2023 – You just want a shot. Draft. You just want a shot at getting um, Victor. Yes. You just want uh, – I mean, you just want – you want ping pong balls, I think, is really what it – comes down to you and, want a shot at really, getting really that guy. Is. He looks I'm, amazing, unreal. He's like taking people out the dribble in Europe. Yeah, he's seven foot two. He shoots threes. He blocks shots. Yeah, wow. he's what he's I unreal. think a lot of people thought Chet was going to be. I think Chet could still be that. Yeah, but we're saying that we're saying he could Chet... be as good as this guy who's younger than him. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Come on, well, they mat they matched up in the. Eva U19 and Victor Wembanyama smashed Chet. Yeah, exactly. He's better. He's so good. Yeah. Just what it is. Yeah. No, but I agree. I think if you can make some moves, maybe get younger, get some extra picks, I think that's probably the right direction for the Knicks. But I've been saying that for years. So I think if you can trade a lot of those veterans and start doing what I said they should have done since November and play the younger guys more, see who really is worth keeping on this team and who isn't, and then make decisions. Three three items you'd like to see the Knicks do. You know, don't be don't don't be like oh, but that's unrealistic. Just the top three things you want to see the Knicks do. So I don't have specifics, but for like like one bullet point, get rid of Randall. I think he's got to be off the team. One. I think you need to get rid of Nerlens Noel and get another young center or someone else younger to play because his contract's bad and he's not really worth it. But like he is expiring as well, so it's a one and one where you have a team option, so tradable. Burks probably has to go, although I like him. I think Kemba's gone realistically. I think okay. if you can get rid of Fournier, you get rid of Fournier. And you keep you just want to get rid of every vet. Get rid of all the veterans. No, because also like uh, a lot of guys no, in the sixth team are not. They're not young anymore. RJ at gonna, this point, like he's in his fourth year. The dude's fine to go play extended minutes. Cam is going to be in his fourth year. He can play a bigger role. Mitch Mitchell Robinson has been there for years. He can play a bigger role. You have guys who you can lean on more. You can lean on quickly more. You can lean on Obi more. You can lean on Grimes more in the second year. Think- like. Come on. 
Come get on. Of, get rid of get rid of Randall. Get rid of Alec Burks. Fire Tibbs. Those are my top three. Oh, Tibbs has to go too. I can't believe I didn't say that. I was more talking about like person, like player person. No, no, no. The reason why a lot of these vets are playing and they're on the roster is because Tibbs wants Tibbs. them. Tibbs, exactly. Tibbs is like, oh, I want to, I want to play a ten-year vet. Yes. And also Dolan wants to compete. Right. So it's the same yeah. thing with the Kings. The Kings are like, we want to compete, and then they're like eleventh in the West, and it's not them. Like they... Them getting that four seed was the worst thing that could have happened in the last season because it it the lured Knicks. them into this false sense of we're ready to go, and they're just not. In the same way that we were talking about how much better the West is going to be next year, the East is kind of the same way. It's still loaded next East, year. I think the East heavy hitters get better, but the East bottom gets worse. But, like, think about it. You're still going to have all these teams that you're going to have to compete with. You're going to have to go with the Bucks, the – I mean, all four of the teams currently in. The Heat, the Bucks, Celtics, the Celtics, Celtics, the Sixers. All four Celtics of them. Are gonna get the better. Nets you're going to have. The Bulls are still going to be uh, solid. You're still going to have a – functional. Fine. The, but, like, they're still in your ballpark. I think you're going to have to deal with the Raptors, who are good. You're going to have to deal yeah. with the Hawks, who are still solid. You're going to have to deal with all these teams that are competing. The Hornets aren't bad. Like, you have all these teams that are... Cavs are going to get better. Hornets are going to get better. Celtics are going to get better. Bucks are going to be good. Sixers exactly. are going to be good. Toronto's probably going to be good. Chicago's kind of a question mark. I think right. the Hawks will be better. I think the Nets could also be a question mark. But so. you're you're rattling off exactly my thought process of why that four seed was bad. Pistons will be better. You don't know what your two K looks like. Right. Uh oh. Gotta watch out for them and the Magic. I'm sure. But no, <laughs> like I do. At the end of the day, I just think you're not in the current timeline. Why are we trying to win now? You're not going to win right now. Punt. Get rid of Randall. Get a little younger. See which of these young guys are worth it. If not, kick some of these other role players to teams that want to compete now role players and then yeah. see if you can stockpile picks. Maybe you get lucky with a victor or in this lottery or in the one after that. I don't care. Just punt. It's not the time. Compete three 20, years from 2024 now. NBA draft DJ oh. Wagner. First overall from Camden, New Jersey. Let's go. But like, I'm just saying compete when RJ is 25. It's, it's not that far away. 22, I think 21, 22, 21. Like it's um, we should know three this. years from now, two, three 21. years from now, you start to ascend. Not now. You're not ready right now. RJ is the future. RJ is the king of New York. Right. But that's my point. Like punt. Don't make any crazy trade for Donovan Mitchell. Like it's not going to change you. Uh, you're going to give up too much. I, would, I don't care. I just don't want Donovan Mitchell on the Knicks. Oh, I don't care. I like him. And I would love to have him on the no. team if he came as a free agent. Otherwise, no, no thank uh, you. If he came as a free agent, okay. But right, but that's my point. Don't make some crazy trade. And they're going to do something stupid this offseason. I know it. It's clockwork with this organization. But that's what I want to see them do. I think it's just... I'm glad we can get gotta, this Knicks rant out. I feel better now that we've... I'm, uh... I'm not even done because, Luke, I <laughs> we had the lottery in a week and it's going to happen again when they drop even further because teams jump them. <laughs> I just have to breathe. It'll be 13th fine. 13th pick, baby, let's go. Yeah, and I just need to enjoy the playoff basketball that we have ahead of us because that's that's all I have right now. Fair enough. I'm in June, it'll be playoffs. my problem. Game's coming up in two hours. I hope everyone's excited about it. Yep, I'm pumped. Um, yeah, I guess we've been on for like around an hour now. I might as well wrap this puppy up. Now that, I, now that I've like blown off steam, I can go enjoy the rest of my day and enjoy some basketball. <laughs> but, there you go. Yeah. So for those joining, thank you for tuning in and join us next time. This is the Food Food Podcast.